0: It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes
1: a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell
2: with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? Be proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially, in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field.
1: Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't
0: make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hellers don't question you go away.
1: guy podcast by fans for the fans where they hate that team up north as much as you do it's time for the ohio podcast
2: oh Ohio, and welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs, a.k.a. Eric Boggs, that man over there. He's the wild man, Chris Wilds, and you are you, and we are thankful to have you back in. Welcome in. Welcome back. This is the OHIO Podcast. We have a great show planned for you all tonight. Jamal Luke, former Ohio State bucket on the 2002 National Championship team. He's going to be with us tonight. This will be the second time Chris and I have had the opportunity yeah. to interview Jamal. He is a great man. Uh, looking forward to sharing his knowledge of the game and his experience at Ohio State with all of you. Catching up with him. See what he's got going on in his life brad overding is in the house welcome brad good to have you back with us tonight uh we've got ryan wickerham what up guys and hey ryan chris and i were just talking penn state game we're gonna be at your uh, tailgate gonna do a live show from why ryan wickerham's tailgate looking forward to that we also have donald hoffer ii in the house we need to get a coach day clip on the introduction he's got to do one thing to get on the introduction he's got to win a natty he wins a natty he's getting on the introduction if you notice all three of those coaches woody hayes you've got jim Tressel, and urban meyer they've all won national championships that's how you get on the ohio podcast introduction uh ryan wickerham he liked what we had to say he said it's on brothers (laughs) i'm pumped already i am i'm pumped for that show donald said fair enough (laughs) all right donald all right chris we've got so much to talk about tonight we can't waste any more time however we do need to do this right here. We are going to have our second annual listener appreciation tailgate from the spring game. That right there, what you're looking at is the location of our tailgate. It is the northwest corner of Ohio Stadium parking lot between the The two parking lots on the outside of the northwest section of Ohio Stadium. There's a little patch of grass there. Uh, There's a nice little fence that separates that parking lot from the road there. That is where we will be set up for our second annual listener appreciation tailgate. We will be there in the morning before the game. And then, Chris, we will be there after the game as well uh yes. enjoying all the great festivities that day celebrating not only Ohio state football but we are going to be celebrating this podcast and all of you great listeners who make us what we are that's right Chris for Four years. years should I should I share with everybody our statistics Chris is that, oh, is, go, that go bragging, for it. What? is that too braggadocious? you know what it, it, it's it's not bragging if you're just that good <laughs> well, I'm. I this is my way of saying thank you to yes. all of you. Facebook. We've been on Facebook now for four years. We have seven point three thousand followers. So seven thousand three hundred followers. Our group page has five thousand four hundred followers. Those are two different pages. Our Twitter account has three thousand nine hundred followers. Uh, there have been thirty two thousand seven hundred downloads of our podcast, the audio version. And we've been on YouTube now since January, and we already have 134 subscribers and 17,600 views on YouTube, Chris. Pat yourself on the back, buddy. Uh, That is quite the accomplishment. Uh, Thank you, Aaron Brown, as well. Jason Monk, uh, we want to thank him. Uh, Corey Johnson, we want to thank you. And, of course, most importantly, we want to thank all of you, our listeners, and those who are watching the live show tonight. Thank you so much for being part And of-
1: let's not forget all of our great guests that we've had, Eric.
2: There, we've, we've had, had a lot of guests. great guests. And we got another one tonight. Jamal yes. Luke is going to be joining us tonight. All right, Chris, let's dive right into tonight's podcast. Let's start right here. Big news. Week two of spring practice is in the books, Chris. And boy, oh boy, the news has come out this week. A lot of really big news. And the scrimmage they had yesterday had a ton of big news. Why don't you start first? Let uh, the listeners know and watchers as well as myself of one of the headlines from the last week of practice and the scrimmage yesterday that jumped out to you, my friend.
1: Well, I'll tell you what jumps out to me, Eric, is that I owe you a box of cookies, my friend. <laughs> Because it wasn't my man Noah Brown getting his stripe off there as the first freshman. It was Carnell Tate, Carnell Tate, who just, you know, had a tremendous, tremendous effort in, in that scrimmage the other day. I mean, uh, he, he really seems to be stepping up and stepping in there and really, really thriving with, you know, a couple of our key guys down right now. He and and Jaden Ballard uh just doing a great job of taking advantage of the reps they're getting.
2: Beautiful, beautiful. You know what? Let's, he's probably on the two deep in, in the wide receiver room already yes, as a freshman. Right now, there's someone on the two deep who is inching his way to possibly taking that third spot. And that person is one, Jaden Ballard. Yes. There is a ton of buzz around him. Now, two things. Number one, Ameka Egbuka and Julian Fleming both are not participating in spring drills and practice right now. They are rehabbing Correct. Uh, injuries and uh, minor surgeries that they had at the end of the 2022 season. So that opens the door for someone like Jaden Ballard, who has the experience because he knows the offense. He's been at Ohio State now. This is his third year. And so he's been developing. He's been getting stronger, better and he's taking advantage of this. The other thing is you have Marvin Harrison Jr who's on a pitch count. The, yep. he's had a ton of reps um in the scrimmage on Saturday they're like when it came to tackling they said you're out not even yep. going to risk it. You're too you're too valuable of an account, uh, to us in this offense. Get out of here. And Jaden Ballard absolutely went to school. And uh there was a 50-yard bomb. Yes. From Kyle McCord to Jaden Ballard, where he made a double move. And poor Jordan Hancock is still probably twisted up uh, like a pretzel out there in the Woody Hayes field. Jaden Ballard was wide open. Again, wide open. Defense. Come on. 50-yard bomb. Boom. Touchdown. His speed is going to be a problem for people. His ability to track the ball is really, really good. And here's the thing. If you're going to try to double team Harrison and you're going to try to concentrate on Akbuka, this guy is going to go over the top. And as long as Kyle's got time to hit him, he is going to score on you. This is going to be a big problem for defenses, Chris.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I'll tell you, Eric, we were talking about it a little bit before, a little bit before we went on the air here. And I'll tell you, he is just amazing. He is going to make it very hard to keep him off the field. I'll tell you another guy who's making it a little hard to stay off the field right now is one Sonny Styles.
0: Mm-hmm. Sonny
1: Styles was looking awfully good. That Saturday scrimmage, what did he have? Three pass breakups. Had had a tremendous play where he had gotten beaten and had the, the uh recovery speed to get back and actually break up the pass and have an incompletion on that. So I'm telling you what, I think this kid's another one. You know, right now as it goes, I believe Josh Proctor was ahead of him on the uh, the two deep. But I'll tell you, watch out because I could see Sunny Styles sneaking in there.
2: Yeah, I can as well. Donald says sounds like Devin Smith uh, mold. Actually, Donald, we were talking about that before yep. we were recording. That's who we compared him to uh, was Devin Smith. I I think this might be the most Devin Smith like receiver we've had since him and, yeah. and Chris, you said, what was it that you said? Even, uh,
1: even Cardale couldn't overthrow <laughs> this guy,
2: right? Yeah.
1: You, you know, so, Cardale had a cannon.
2: Yeah. So this is a really good problem to have yes. uh, when you're breaking in a new quarterback. If someone like that is, is on the field who can catch those balls and get yeah. to them. Um, so there's that. So you brought up Sonny styles, Chris on the back end of that defense I found it very interesting that your starting safeties were Lathan Ransom, uh, Proctor. And, um, you know, it's his name's slipping my mind now, all of a sudden, uh, he played last year and got burnt in the championship game uh, and against Michigan. Um, I want, I want to say McCord. It's not McCord. But anyways, no, uh,
1: Cam, uh, Cam Martinez. Kim
2: Martinez. Thank you. There yeah. it is. Kim Martinez. Thank you. Um, Do you think, Chris, that was just based off of them being older? Seniority. Seniority there? I do,
1: because we started seeing it a little bit the last few years. Ryan Day is not afraid to go with a youth movement. And I think we saw that a little bit uh, the last couple years. I would not be surprised to see some of these guys who are getting those first team reps now and may even start the spring game not be the man when it comes time to start the, uh, the, the first game of the season.
2: Yeah. What else have you heard, Chris, that's caught your attention?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, how about the, uh, the, the battle at center there? You know, I think we were, uh, we were a little bit surprised. I think, you know, uh, obviously Jacobs is down. I kind of thought we might see the transfer in there getting more snaps, uh, having a little more experience, but Carson Hensman, you know, he's continuing to shine out there. Um, you know, the offensive line from what I'm hearing it's still obviously a work in progress, but these guys are getting valuable reps and, and I hear Hensman is looking very very good and and might even make it tough for James to claim that spot back when he gets back.
2: Excuse me. Yeah. So you got Josh Fryer at left tackle. Sounds like he's pretty much wrapped that up. Yeah. You got Matthew Jones at left guard. He started there last year. He's not moving. Um so yeah, you got uh, Carson Hensman, who's moved to that center position and yeah. I'm going to say it, he's beat out Victor Cutler.
1: He has. He's beat, beat out Cutler. And... Now
2: can he beat out Jacob James when he comes back uh, off yeah. of injury? And I believe it was Justin Fry said that Jacob James is like a, like a bulldog over on the sideline. He, he's, he's so hungry to get into the game. He's going to, he's going to make that competition really hard for Carson a oh, right guard, you got Donovan Jackson, returning starter. And then you got Zen Mikowski started over Tegra Shibola.
1: But I'll tell you what, Shibola is pushing him.
2: He is Shibola pushing got, him.
1: He's gotten some first team reps, Shabola has. Um, I would not be surprised to see that end up a full-blown competition as, as we wrap up spring as well.
2: Right. Kyle McCord is still slightly ahead of Devin Brown. It's close. But he's still ahead. Yes. He looks more comfortable in the offense, but that's not a surprise. He's, he's got one career. full year over him. Yeah. Right. Um, he's more athletic than people realized. That mm-hmm. surprised the media on Saturday. Um, he is he's a gamer, he's got a little bit more of a kind of a dog in him than what they thought. He's awful quiet the first two years on campus. Um, sounds like he's fist pumping and kind of getting the leadership of that offense as a quarterback.
1: And I've said, Eric, I want to see the swagger. I think he's got, he's getting the swagger. He's developing the swagger.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what will really get it. Walking into South Bend, Indiana and getting a dub.
1: That'll give you some swagger. That'll give you some serious swagger.
2: Yeah. That'll give you, that'll give you some, uh, some big time swagger. Um, so you had those things. Here's one for you. So we know Tommy two thumbs also not participating in spring, right. spring football, uh, getting those two thumbs, uh, reattached to his hand, and he could play if he had to, if he had to, if we had to play tomorrow, he could play. Why risk it? Let him heal up. Right. He's had plenty of reps. Uh, he's one of the best linebackers in the country. Let the kid rest and get ready. Steel chambers has stepped up. Now, it's it's interesting to say the second leading tackler on your team is stepping up, but it sounds like that's exactly what Steele has done. He looks comfortable in the defense. He's making all kinds of tackles. I think we we're going to have a two-headed tackling monster at linebacker this year, and in, on in top of that, the defensive line is legit.
1: Yes, and I'll tell you what, that defensive line is starting to look like it may be a lot deeper than we thought Mm
2: -hmm. because there
1: are some guys in there who maybe, you know, they they came in highly touted, but we maybe underestimated them a little bit to this point, maybe thought they wouldn't quite be ready. Guys like Kenyatta Jackson had a big game
2: Saturday. Big, big game.
1: What, two sacks, I believe? Mm -hmm. And I I know they don't, There aren't real sacks during the scrimmage, but you know what?
2: Two-hand touch, basically.
1: He was was living in that backfield.
2: Yeah, they could block Uh, him.
1: you know you got uh, Amari Abor. Uh, you've got um obviously the three defensive tackles look like they're going to be a very good rotation yep uh you've got Sawyer looking how we thought Sawyer was going to look now that he's back down as a defensive end you've got J, uh, JT Tuimalu who we know all know what he's capable of uh, this defensive line is going to be a big problem for a lot of offensive linemen and more importantly for a lot of quarterbacks um, and to touch on something you didn't necessarily remember, mention with Steele too. Steele's a pretty doggone good cover linebacker.
2: He he's quick.
1: He's quick, and and he he knows how a running back thinks and how they run their routes, having spent as much time as he did in a running back room. And I thought we saw that show out a little as he uh, you know, he was doing some coverage, and he had the one play where he broke up the pass that was coming to Chip mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: You know, he he's very good as a cover linebacker. I think that. And I think he's going to be great. I think, as you mentioned, Eichenberg is going to be great. Our defensive line is going to be great. Um, I think we're starting to get a little bit of depth. I'm hearing that Powers and CJ Hicks are starting to come into their own a little bit uh, as they're getting some some reps. You know, we got Cody Simon still down there. We, we got some guys who can play some serious ball on the defensive side, Eric, and if our defensive backs can get it together, and it sounds like they are playing a lot better, I even heard somebody refer to them as actually some some of them were getting their heads turned around. Something that we talked about so much, <laughs> uh, you know, is getting that head turned around, and they said there was actually guys looking back for the ball.
2: Yeah,
1: that that that's pretty awesome.
2: Music that's a good to my thing ears. to hear. Yeah larry daniels says greetings from southwest florida the greater the depth the stronger their competition the better the possibilities of a championship quality team amen brother Absolutely. Don't disagree. there you go um all right uh chris last thing i'm gonna say we've done all the positives yes i'm gonna give you a negative we do not have good depth on the offensive line yes There is a serious drop-off from the ones to the the twos. There is, and we talked
1: about that before.
2: Big time.
1: That was a concern we had before the season even started, Eric. Uh, Before the the spring practice even started, we were concerned about this. And the other thing is, and we have to wonder, is our defensive line that good, or is our offensive line eh, maybe not where they should be?
2: It's it's the yeah. biggest it's the biggest question mark in this team.
1: It really is because that defensive line looks incredible, and I think that they probably are that good.
2: But Paul Buckeye, yeah, Paul Buckeye. I love how when I bring him up, it says the Paul Buckeye from our logo. By <laughs> the Paul Buckeye says, well, I think we are going to be much improved team, especially on defense. Well said, Paul.
1: Watch that V, Paul. They'll they'll come and get you for that.
2: Yeah, be careful. (laughs) We've gotten a cease and assist letter from the Ohio State University already on on something. So that's neither here nor there. All right, let's move on to our next topic. But before we do, uh, I do want to put this comment up from one Sarah Boggs. I'm so proud of all of you, especially you, Buckeye Boggs. Kissy faces. Isn't
1: that sweet?
2: <laughs> love it. I love my wife. She's amazing. Okay, let's go on to the next topic. Here we go, Chris. This is going to be our second uh, second time of doing this. Stock up, stock down. This time, though, not from the NFL Combine, but from Ohio State's Pro Day Results. Mm -hmm. Here we go. So I'm just going to give you some quick names and some numbers. And you're going to tell me stock up, stock down. Let's start with cornerback Cam Brown. He didn't really participate in the combine, but at pro day, he measured six foot 197 pounds. He did 10 reps on the, on the bench. That's weak. That is weak. 10yard yep. shuffle was 163 20 yard shuttle 263 40 yard dash 4.53 he was expecting faster than that from what I've heard yes. three cone drill 7.12 vertical jump 35.5 feet broad jump was nine feet seven inches excuse me 35.5 inches on the vertical jump yeah uh, 35 feet would be incredible a uh, hand measurement was nine inches arm measurement 31 and a half inches wingspan 76 and a half inches cam Brown stock up stuck down
1: you know i i i gotta think he's stuck down a little bit eric that that time is going to hurt him you know you've you've got to have you you got to be fast to be a defensive back at any level but especially in the nfl and a 4-5 as a defensive back just isn't going to cut it when you're on the corner
2: yep Paul, agreed with you. Stock down. Moving on. Let's go to Dron Cage, who I do not believe got to participate in the combine, but at the pro day was six feet, two inches, 311 pounds. Uh, Shuttle time, 1.83. 20 yard shuttle, 3.01. 40 yard dash, 5.31. Three cone drill 7.89, vertical jump 26 inches, broad jump 8 feet 11 inches, hand measurement was 9 and 7 eighths inches, arm measurement 32 and 7 eighths inches, wingspan 79 and 7 eighths inches. Drawn Cage, Chris, stock up, stock down.
1: Well, from, from the combine, obviously it'd be a stock up, but. Stock up, you, right? You know, I mean, there's nowhere to go but up when you didn't have anything to base on to begin with. Um,
2: early prediction get drafted or not what's that your early prediction does he get drafted or not
1: he could be a late day three guy but odds are um yeah i'm gonna say he's a late day three guy i think maybe he gets into that seventh round somebody's gonna take a flyer on him
2: i think he gets invited i don't think he gets drafted linebacker Pele gayo Uh, Again, this is someone who did not get invited to the NFL Combine. He was six feet, one and a half inches, 247 pounds, did 22 reps on the bench, 1.79 on 10 yard, 2.89 on the 20, five seconds flat on the 40. Three cone drill was 7.45. Vertical jump, 32 and a half inches. Broad jump, nine feet, seven inches. Hand measurement, nine and seven eighths inches. Arm measurement, 32 inches. Wingspan, seven, seven and a quarter inches. Gayoteote, stock up, stock down.
1: You, you know, again, he had nowhere to go but up, Eric. Uh, he had nothing to compare it to, but I don't think he did enough to really raise his stock. Um, I think he's probably an undrafted invitee somewhere. Uh, I think that that five-second time is a little lagging from what he needed. The five-second forty, you know, you got linebackers trying to cover running backs in the NFL that are running four, 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 five, four, six. I think that five is a little, a little less than. I'm going to say he's probably uh, he's right where he should be. I don't think he's up. I don't think he's down. I think he's probably just holding. Home water, and he's probably an undrafted invitee somewhere.
2: Safety, Tanner McAllister. Again, another non-invitee to the combine. 5 feet, 10 and 10.4 uh, inches. So under 6 foot, 191 pounds. Did 22 reps on the bench. There is Cam Brown. That's what it's supposed to look like. Uh, 10-yard shuttle was 1.6, 20-yard, 2.59, 40-yard dash, 4.44. His three cone drill was six point nine vertical jump, thirty-seven inches. Broad jump, ten feet three inches. Hand measurement, nine point uh, nine and a quarter inches. Arm measurement, thirty and a quarter inches. Wingspan, thirty-seven and five eighths inch. Stock up, stock down. I'm going to go first here and say stock way up because this is way someone up. who didn't even think was going to get uh, drafted. He's getting get drafted now.
1: Yeah, he's going to get drafted. And I think he's probably put himself. Maybe early on in day three, he. I, I don't see him sneaking into day two, but he's going to be early on on day three. I think
2: he's day three. Uh, he's day three. Yeah, but he's getting drafted. He's getting drafted. And I
1: don't think he's. I don't think he'll be a sixth or seventh rounder. I think he probably sneaks up into the fourth, fourth, fifth round.
2: Okay, um, moving onward here. So that was Tanner McAllister. Let's go ahead and look at. Uh, let's. Let's go to Jackson. Why not? Let's go to Jackson Smith and the Jigbo. All these questions surrounding him, right? Uh, The big one, he ran. He did a 40-yard dash in uh, 4.48 seconds on the 40. All the measurements were the same as they were in the combine, so there's no sense in going all over that again. But he did run. He answered questions. Stock up or stock down on JSN?
1: Stock way up. I mean, way up, Eric. I think that him running, believe it or not, was so key. I feel like he is now the number one receiver off the board after running that four, four, eight. I firmly believe that he probably goes and and a lot of people may not want to hear this because he's going to be teamed up with an Alabama guy. I think, I think he probably goes 12 to to the Texans.
2: Okay. Brad Oberding says Tanner is the only one who's up. (laughs) So, so uh, Brad going, uh, going against us a little bit there, but uh, Hey, That's why we play the game, right? Let's go on to – my computer's not wanting to work here. Uh, Let's talk about Teron Vincent. Six feet, one and a third inches, 304 pounds, 26 reps on the bench. Again, that's how impressive Tanner McAllister's numbers were. He was only four less than a 304-pound defensive lineman on, on the bench. His 10 yard shuffle, 1.84, 20 yard shuffle, three seconds flat, 40 yard dash, 5.09, three cone drill, eight seconds, vertical jump, 26 and a half inches, broad jump, eight feet, hand measurement, nine inches. Kind of smaller, smallish hands there. Arm measurement, 32 and a quarter inches, wingspan, 77 and 58 inches. Obviously, stock up because he didn't have really a chance to do much at the combine, Chris, but does he get drafted?
1: You know, I don't know that we've seen enough of a body of work out of him to say yes. I think he's got the ability to possibly be in that seventh round area where somebody takes a flyer. Um, I'm not as, as set on him as as a undrafted free agent as I am Pele Um I think that somebody may take a flyer on Vincent, but I think it's probably unlikely.
2: Okay. Let's go here next. This is always fun to do. Let's talk about CJ Stroud. Okay. Um, can you go it, up
1: from number one?
2: Can you get any higher? <laughs>
1: all <right>. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> because so, that
1: that pro day was just a continuation of what we saw at the combine.
2: Does he go to Carolina at one? Is that going to happen? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Carolina, a done deal? I think so. Carolina was all over them when they came to the pro day. Uh, you know, they, they met with him before and after the pro day, uh, they, they, sent their entire staff the the team owner, the team coach and the general manager were all there to watch him.
2: Yeah. But then the very next day they were at Alabama's pro day too.
1: They all were, of- but you know what? I think, I think CJ is by far the superior passer. Uh, I think that he solidified himself as the number one pick. I don't think there's any question who the best quarterback in this draft is. I don't care what Bryce Young thinks. Uh CJ Stroud is, is hands down the number one, and, and he proved it.
2: I love how I love what CJ called himself. I'm a ball placement specialist.
1: Yes. And he, <laughs> he is.
2: He coined that phrase, right? You know all those scouts are going to start using that now. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Mel Kiper is
1: going to be talking about it next week. You know,
2: <laughs> of course, right? They're going to they're going to act like it's their own. All right, Luke Whipler. He um, didn't do any of the drills, although he ran. He he did snap the ball and he did some offensive line work. Sounds like uh, b- about the same, if anything. Didn't hurt himself.
1: I thought he. W- I thought he did enough to maybe move up a little bit from what I was hearing the grumblings, as I was watching sh- some of the so-called experts. Um. I think he's moved up a little bit. I think he's probably either the first or second center off the board, depending on if somebody uh, goes ahead and takes the kid out of Wisconsin as the top center. If that's the case, Whippler will go second. Um, Yeah, Whipler I think is going to be – Whipler very honestly could end up with the Texans as well, I think, with that second-round pick. I think that's a very likely possibility.
2: Okay. Oh, let's go up to Larry or not Larry. Gosh, Larry Johnson Jr. (laughs) Paris Johnson Jr. Again, uh, didn't really run any of the drills. However, he did run offensive uh, drills Mm -hmm. um, as far as, you know, uh, the offensive line blocking drills. Sounds like he looked really good, looked lean, fast, quick, everything that you want in an offensive lineman. Stock up on him?
1: I just want to uh, give a shout-out here to our friend Justin Fields and let him know help is on the way. Let me uh, tell you right now, Paris is going to be the number one tackle off the board. He's coming to Chicago with number nine. I'm I'm telling you now, that's what's going to happen.
2: Boy, I, I love your confidence when you make these picks, man. <laughs> Which, by the way, everybody, um, as we get ready to go to commercial break, Jamal's uh, going to be with us here shortly. I see him coming into the room now, so we're going to bring him on uh, to uh, the the show here in just a minute. But um, one of the things we have done now for four years, this will be year number five. Yeah. We do a NFL draft fantasy draft with all of our listeners where you have to pick the play, the, the Buckeyes. You pick the Buckeyes. You pick the round The number and the team that they get drafted in, and you get certain points based off of those. I'm feeling good this
1: year, Eric. I'm feeling good this year. Are you? I'm feeling real good.
2: That's good because you've done terrible last two years.
1: Hasn't been good.
2: (laughs) Oh shoot. Well, you know what? That was fun. We'll play, we might play stock up, stock down again, but let's go to our commercial break when we come back. We'll uh, we'll be joined by Jamal. Make sure you get those questions ready for Jamal so we can have nice listener uh, participation as well. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360 degree high definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. Hey, look who it is, everybody. It's it's our friend, Jamal Luke. And let's start here. This season, we got to go down to Marietta and meet you. And it was a joy, my friend. You have become one of my favorite Buckeyes. Just just your presence, your joy, your enthusiasm. I love following your stuff, man, because if I'm having a bad day, I'm like, let's go see what Jamal's doing. I feel better <laughs> about life, man.
0: <laughs> man, that means a lot, Eric. First and foremost, thank you and Chris for having me back on the show. Um, it's, it truly was a pleasure to meet y'all down in Marietta and I um, feel like this is the start of a you know, an ongoing friendship and relationship. So thank you so much. And I'm humbled by that. I mean, that means a lot to, to hear you say that. I just, you know, my, my goal with every day is just to help each and every person I come in contact with to be better off for having encountered me. So if I can do that, you know, um, with a post or, or with a video, then, you know, I, I feel like I've done my job for the day
2: beautiful let's start here Jamal we have a lot of people who maybe didn't don't know who you are didn't get a chance to see that interview that we had when we were down in Marietta explain to everybody who you are when you were played for Ohio State uh, because your story is it's awesome man
0: yeah for sure so uh, Jamal Luke born and raised in Columbus Ohio um, grew up I started playing football at the age of nine and, you know, naturally every boy that's playing little league football in Columbus, Ohio has aspirations of one day playing at Ohio state. So I was no different. That was my dream and my goal. Uh, My uncle played there in the seventies. And so, you know, Ohio state football is in my DNA. And, um, you know, that was when I first started playing football, that was, that was the goal. It was to one day run out of the, the tunnel of the shoe. And, um, Got to high school, I was a late bloomer, wasn't highly recruited, um, ended up going to Tiffin University on a scholarship, played there my freshman season, and then made the decision after the season was over with uh, the day before I came home for Christmas break that I was gonna uh, take the leap of faith and transfer to Ohio State and and walk on. And um, had no guarantees, no promises, uh, none of that. Um, And so it was, December of '99, when I made that decision, and then uh, ended up having to go to Columbus State for, for winter quarter. Finally got into Ohio State in the spring, and so th- even that time frame was a little crazy. You know, being 18 years old and being at three different colleges in a matter of about six months, um, it was a, a little bit of a whirlwind. But I was so focused on my my goal that you know I just whatever the next step was, I just took it and did it and made it happen. And so finally got into Ohio State, uh, March of 2000, um, went and talked to the coaches and, you know, told them that I I wanted to walk on. And uh, prior to me getting on campus, I had talks with Coach Conley, who uh, Bill Conley was the recruiting coordinator at the time. And um, so we had a relationship there, but he, he told me, you know, NCAA rules at the time, he couldn't even really talk to me about football until I got on campus. So I had to be a, an enrolled student and then be on campus. And then he could he could talk to me about football. And so once I got on the campus that March, the first person I looked up and went and beat down on his door was Coach Conley. And uh, I thought I was going to be able to join the team for the spring or have a tryout or something. And he said, no, Jamal, I'm sorry, our roster's full and um, you'll have to wait until school starts in the fall, and then we'll have to evaluate our numbers, and uh, so I trained, really, from March to September of 2000, those six months on faith, uh, not knowing if I was ever going to get an opportunity to actually play football again, and uh, school started in September. Um, At that time, they had already played a couple games, and You know, soon that first week of classes, I went and talked to Coach Conley, beat down his door, and um, he said, Jamal, here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring you in for a week. There's 10 of you that we're going to bring in. We're looking at his walk-ons, and uh, we'll evaluate you guys and see if you fit, and, um, you know, we'll go from there after this week. And so that one week turned into four of us making the team. I was one of the four and um, played that year as a transfer. So I had to sit out. All I could do was practice. That was coach Cooper's last year. And then um, blessing in disguise with coach Tress getting hired coming in that spring uh, was, I was on a clean slate was already on the team. So now it was just a matter of working up the depth chart and played the next four years, won the national championship, my junior year, lettered my senior year. And,
2: you know, the rest is kind of (laughs) history. That's awesome, man. To, to, to be in, to be in Tempe, man, against Miami and yeah. be on that field, brother, like it's every person I get the opportunity to talk to who played on that national championship team. I mean, just, just give me your championship story. What, what do you think about when you think about, hey, that 2002 season, the championship, yeah. give me your, your, what's Jamal's story with that?
0: So I would say this, Eric. That that season um, was it. It was super special, and it started back with really the way that um, the Outback Bowl from the previous year ended, uh, when we lost this. So if you got, if you remember, we um, lost to South Carolina with a, a game winning field goal, but. The way that we came back in that game, I don't know if you guys remember the details of it, but the way we came back and we fought together, but that was that was the start of what would become of the 2002 season. And then we carried that into spring ball. And Coach Tress's, um, the culture shift was huge. So it was a night and day different culture from when Coach Cooper was there. And that culture that coach Tress built and brought was one of family. Um, And so we were literally playing from a deeper place than um, I think your average college football team. We were playing as a family and that's, it can be cliche, but we were really living it and playing that way. And, and that all is because of the culture that coach Tress um, brought with him from day one. And so that, that unity, that camaraderie, um, that started really at the end of that Outback Bowl, and then we carried that through. And you can see, I mean, so many nail biters that we came out on the right side of in that season, it was because of how tight-knit how how tight we were and not wanting to, to let your brother down, not just your teammate, but your brother. Um, and so Coach Tress had a way of bringing everybody together from the the, the three-time All-American to the last person on the roster, every person felt like they had a role. And so every day you went out to do your role to the best of your ability because you didn't want to let your brother down. So that specialness was all created by Coach Tressel, um, And then we had some incredible leaders um, on that team as well. And, um, you know, I think the way that the championship game ended was just a microcosm of how special that team really was altogether.
2: Sorry, Larry, I kind of yeah, stole your question there. My my apologies, Larry, on that one. But uh, here is a comment from Paul Buckeye for you, Jamal. He said, we appreciate you, Jamal, and you are a lifetime Buckeye. He says, thanks for coming on, and thank you, Buckeye Boggs and Chris Buckeye. You're absolutely welcome. Paul's going through some physical things right now, mm-hmm. and uh, so our thoughts and prayers are with you, Paul. Um, absolutely. And, uh, we're behind you, my man. We're behind you. Yeah. First, um, you got next question, my friend. Absolutely.
1: So, Jamal. Obviously, the championship was huge. Outside of the championship, what is your most fond memory of being a Buckeye?
0: Um, I would say beating Michigan that year. Um, just what was on the line. Um, you know we. Prior to Coach Stress getting hired, our, our our record against Michigan was uh, not the greatest. So beating Michigan, Coach Tress's first year was huge, um, but it was up there, and you know that that was big because it started the, the the shift with things. But what made it so special that next year, that 2002 season was, we had so much riding on the line, and for so long, for so many years, when everything was riding on the game. Mm -hmm. We always came up short. Right. And so I think subconsciously a lot of Buckeye fans, um, you know, thought that, Oh, here we go again. You know, we're going to find a way to, to blow it. Um, so coming out on the right side of victory that year, knowing what was riding on the line, um, and then having the fans rush the field and, um, I mean you smelled nothing but alcohol and bad breath and you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh it was an incredible memory that I'll never forget. I would say that and then my first time running out of the tunnel um onto, onto the field at the shoe, that that's one you'll you'll never forget. So
1: so as a walk on, you probably had to work obviously as hard, but if not harder than everybody yeah. else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so because you know, as a walk on, you're you're fighting a couple of different battles. You're you're fighting the battle number one of making the team. Then you're fighting the battle of sticking around because the way it works with walk-ons is you may make the team in the for the fall roster, um, but then might not make the team for the spring roster or vice versa. Because um, it's all based on you know how many scholarship players they're bringing in. Unless you're a walk-on, that. They're, they're counting on to um, contribute or, or potentially contribute in some way. So, uh, so who so was
1: your favorite guy to go up against in practice?
0: Favorite guy to go up against? Uh, well, favorite or toughest? I mean, there's, there's different. <laughs> hit, hit us with both. Uh, I, I would say the toughest, the toughest, man, There were, we had so many great corners. So being a wide receiver, I mean, you know, we always looked forward to one-on-one period where we're going against the DBs one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if I can say the toughest, but I will say here's a group of the toughest that come to mind. Uh, Nate Clements, Derek Ross, Chris Gamble, um, I would say are probably the three toughest DBs that, I ever went against 101 uh for sure um favorite probably would be a guy by the name of stephen moore stephen moore was a, a defensive back um and we walked on at the same time uh he was from columbus and um we used to have some really really good battles and you know because we were both in the same hunt as you know trying to climb up the depth chart and so our one-on-one battles were were extra spirited because we're you know we're both trying to make a, a name for ourselves. Right. Um, so that I would say, from a favorite perspective, he would probably be my favorite. All
2: right. I got one for you, Jamal. Yeah. Who was the best trash talker on that team? And you can't Ooh. say Jamal Luke. <laughs> no,
0: it wasn't me. I, I I didn't talk too much unless it started coming at me, then I would go back, but I never initiated. Um, ooh, trash talker. I, I'd say probably on the O2 team, probably. Um, mm, come back to me on that one.
2: All there. right, I'll right. come back to you on that yeah, one. Yeah, come back to who, me on that one. Who on the O2 team was the was the craziest locker room weight room freak.
0: Um we had a couple of those. So I would say probably Mike Kudla definitely was one of them. Uh rest in peace, Mike. Great, great guy. Super freakish athlete. Um strong as to lift the world and run. Um Will Smith, rest, rest in peace, Will, uh, another freakish athlete, super strong. Um, one of the sneakiest athletes on that team who, if you looked at him, I mean, in college, he had a dad bod. We talk about the, the dad bod now. <laughs> he had it in college, but was a legit, would roll out of bed and run a 4 4 and jump a 40-inch vertical is Dustin Fox. Uh-huh. Dustin. yes yes <laughs> I kid you, send you not this to him <laughs> I kid you not Dustin Fox. Dustin will tell you <laughs> Dustin <laughs> had a dad body in college but one of the most gifted athletes I've ever played with oh that's
2: great worst locker room in the big Ten uh
0: I probably have to say Iowa.
2: Oh, it's got to be Iowa, right? Yeah, the pink, pink,
0: yeah, yeah, Iowa. We got to go with Iowa on that
2: one. All right, here's a question from a listener. Larry Daniels says, any player or coaches who helped you grow or mature as a player or man? Great question.
0: Great question, Larry. Um, So my position coach, uh, Coach Joe Daniels, God rest his soul as well. Um, A lot of life lessons with him great man. Um, but I, I would say, honestly, the, the most influential for me personally was coach Tress. Um, coach Tress just really, and to this day, I mean, if I'm, if there's major life decisions that I'm going to make, he's one of the first people I call to seek wisdom and guidance. Um, he, <clears throat> he's the first person that really, um, enlightened me. And I think I would venture to say all of us on the value of working harder on yourself than anything else you do. And so that's a principle that I've carried now through the rest of my life and that I teach to other people. Um, And what Coach Tress taught us was, you know, if you always work harder on becoming a better man, everything else will take care of itself. Because you're not going to slack in your workouts. You're not going to slack in the classroom um, because of the person that you are and who you're becoming. And so he was the first person that really um, made that clear to me. Um, and so you know he had us on a reading program. I didn't read books for pleasure outside of you know I never read books outside of what we had to read for a class. You know, but he was the first man that said, hey we're going to read this book and I want you to be able to tell me what you pulled out of it. And so now reading books is a part of my daily, you know, my daily success habit. So um, I would say coach Tress for sure. The most influential.
2: Beautiful. Real quick. Give me your, your favorite or funniest one of the two or, or most important moment, Jim Trestle story, something you got That that, that, he's smiling. Oh, you got one already. Go for it.
0: It, Well, definitely it was uh, when Coach Trust got cornrows in his hair, had braids in his hair.
2: (laughs) Wait, what? uh, Yeah,
0: (laughs) you guys ever heard this one? No, I've not heard this. Uh, Okay, so he makes this bet. um, (laughs) This bet with Richard with Richard McNutt, who's now a uh, assistant coach down at Tennessee State with Eddie. Uh, but he, he made this had this bet with Richard McNutt that um, we win the national championship. He would get cornrows in his hair. And so obviously we want it uh, beat Miami. So uh, for 6 a.m., it was the first day of 6 a.m. workout. So 6 a.m. workout. So the national championship game, I think, was first week of January, like January 4th or something. We get, you know, the next Two to three weeks off, and then we start six a.m. workouts in February. Um, and so the first six a.m. workout, Coach Trust shows up with with braids in his hair and a and uh, a stocking cap. <laughs> oh
2: my gosh! Please tell me there's a picture of this somewhere out there. I wish. I, I'm sure oh. there's
0: there's got to be somewhere. Uh, but yeah. So that that yeah that by by far that's the the most hilarious story.
2: Chris, you get a, a question ready here in a second. Here, this one's from Donald Hoffer. He says, in your opinion, who would get a, mon- a monument in the honor of, at the horseshoe? Who should get a monument in in their honor at the horseshoe, in your opinion?
0: M- monument, it, like a statue?
2: statue? I think you mean yeah. statue, yeah. A
0: statue? Oh, okay. Uh, Coach Tressel, without a doubt. Because I think if you you look at um, where Ohio State football is now as a national power, where it was before he got there, where he took it and where it's gone since then, I think it's clear and easy to say that because of him, the program is what it is today and what it will be forever. Um, I think he's the one coach out of all the coaching history tree that uh that made the most monumental strides
2: chris go for it
1: all right jamal you've done so much since your playing days you you, motivational speaking entrepreneur uh you you a role model what accomplishment are you most proud of since you've stopped playing football and do you feel that your football career and what you went through uh, as far as attaining your dreams as a player helped you prepare for this?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So my the most successful achievement is definitely my kids being a dad, my, uh, my three babies, um, Annalisa, London and Micah, um, just being their dad like that. They're my world. So everything that I went through as a Buckeye, the, the life lessons that I learned, um, from playing a game of football at that level for that university and for that coach, have prepared me to be a dad more than anything else in my life has. So, uh, by far, that would be my answer for those.
2: It's a, it's a beautiful answer, my man. It's a beautiful answer. Appreciate that, man. All right. Um, you have shared with us with me personally, some of the things you're doing. And I got to be honest with you, man, I've watched these videos. I am intrigued. I've learned some things so, <laughs> and I'm going to be hitting you up. Don't you worry. Yes. Uh, tell everybody what Jamal Luke is doing today and how you can help them and their health, my man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Eric. So um, I have a couple businesses, uh, motivational speaking, and I do business coaching as well. But one of the the new business ventures that I just launched um, about a month ago now I partnered with a company called Velavita. Uh, Velavita is a company based out of Miami in the direct sales network marketing space. They're an all, they have an all natural nutritional supplement line. So there's six core products um, that we market. Um, I am personally growing their U.S. expansion. I'm heading up their U.S. expansion. So. I'm really looking right now to take the company, which is at about a $50 million a year company. At, they'll be three years old in May. Really looking to get it to well over a $100 million company by the end of the year. Um, and so six products that we market, and they're all in the what we call biohacking arena, um, helping your body to really, through a natural supplement, go to the next level. So we have an all-natural energy product, which for brain function, Um, brain clarity Um, And then we have a collagen product a liquid and they're all liquid and they come in like these little snaps So about the size of my palm Um, And they have a perforated back. So they just literally fold in half You snap it and squirt it in your mouth, right? So you'll feel this inner. This is our energy product You feel that within 10 minutes Um, And it's all natural. So there's no crash there Um, Liquid collagen product, which is obviously good for skin, hair, nails, um, muscle toning, but also has a nitric oxide booster in it for stamina. Um, So whether you're using it as a pre-workout like I do or just everyday life wanting to get more out of your activities, that product is going to be a game changer for you. We have a sleep and slim product, which helps you not only get to sleep, but stay asleep and REM longer. That as you're sleeping also turns your bad fat into good fat. So you'll notice um, a lot of good stuff happening around for fellas for your core um, with fat burning. Um, and then we also have um, other products that are geared towards fat burning as well through a natural way. And then we also have our non-liquid product, which is what I'm wearing here, it's an EMF blocker. Um, so EMFs, if you, if you aren't familiar with it, are electromagnetic rays that we get from Wi-Fi, 5G, AirPods, um, laptops. Um, So we're constantly, you know, surrounded with these EMFs. But this is something that actually puts a protective almost bubble around you. And it's a grounding, um, it grounds you to the earth's temperature. So if you've ever walked outside or walked on the beach barefooted and that kind of serene, peaceful feeling you feel is because your body's grounded to the earth's temperature. Um, so this product actually does that as well. So that's just kind of an overview of our product line. If anybody's listening, um, you know, needs help with sleep or needs more energy or is looking to get more out of their workouts or um, is looking to, you know, protect yourself um, from EMFs, you know, definitely give me a shout. We'll love to talk to you more in depth about the product line um, and, you know, see if it may be a fit for your lifestyle.
2: Jamal, where can people get in touch with you when it comes to these products?
0: So you can um, reach out to me on any of the social media um, um, avenues, uh, J Luke YDC, J L U K E Y D C on Instagram. You can shoot me a direct message. I'm on Facebook. You can look me up and shoot me a direct message there. Um, You can email me as well, uh, Jamal Luke, J A M A L L U K E. 777 at gmail.com um so any of those avenues you can reach out directly and um we'll connect
2: so i i know for a fact i'm going to be getting the sleeping one uh, that that's going to happen that's that's happening for this this old boy uh, so I'm going to <laughs> it's, a it's a game changer
0: it's a game like for me i i never have trouble going to sleep I always had trouble staying asleep and the Bingo. first night i took that product I slept straight through the night and I woke up feeling like super rested. I didn't realize how much non REM sleep I was getting during the night and why I was, you know, wake up and still feeling tired all the time until I started taking that supplement and realized like, oh, you are, you know not getting rest at night. So, um, so yeah, that was a game changer from night one for me.
2: Larry Daniels says, thanks Jamal for your contributions to Buckeye Nation and your community yes thank you Larry. thank you
0: larry i appreciate you man all
2: right last question jamal yes it's coming you know it's coming i ask Uh everybody all right here we go and and i'm by the way i'm going to let you off the hook on the trash talker but the next time you come on (laughs) we're going to bring you back i want to hear not only who the best trash talker was but we'll have to make it pg Yeah. G-rated his (laughs) family show what kind of trash talk he was doing. Okay. um, All right. What does it mean to Jamal Luke to be a Buckeye?
0: Responsibility. I think it it means you you have a responsibility to Buckeye Nation to represent with class, with dignity. You have a responsibility to the fans to continue to represent with class and dignity. And then you have a responsibility to people that look up to you, that look up to the university to be an example of class and dignity. And then to the younger people, to the youth, you have a responsibility to show them what's possible. to pour into them, to pay it forward. So if I had to sum it up in one word, it would be responsibility.
2: Good answer, well done. Larry says he'd like us to post links of your product. So we will do that, Larry. We will post links on our Facebook page. I know you're on our Facebook page, you know me personally. So Larry, we will post uh, some links of that on our Facebook page. Um, And then when we repost this interview, Jamal, later in the week on YouTube, In the comment section, I'll post that link as well. Okay. So people can can get in touch with you that way as well. All right, guys, that's our show for this week. It's nine o'clock. Jamal probably has to get them kids in bed, um, <laughs> and I know I've got to get myself in bed. I got to work tomorrow as well. Although my wife's on spring break, so she works for the school, so she's lucky. Uh, but yeah, I'd, she
1: is lucky. I'm going back tomorrow.
2: Yeah, you're going back. You you had your spring break already. Yeah. But anyways, we're we're so thankful to bring you on, Jamal. We're gonna have you back, man. Um, yes, anytime. And, uh, Yeah, it's awesome having you back. Here's another one. Uh, Brad Oberding said, Thanks, Jamal. Great show, guys. So, thank you so much, Brad, for for hanging around and and, uh, participating tonight. We appreciate that. All right, guys, that's the show. Be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH in St. Carmen, Ohio with all your heart. Till next time, OH.
1: I owe.
2: Go Bucks.
0: Say goodbye